The Women's Football Podcast, in partnership with Her Game 2. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Women's Football Podcast in partnership with Her Game 2. I'm Annie Mills and the World Cup is over, but we are straight back into domestic action. The Championship and National League are back in full swing and to look over it with us, we have the editor of the AFAWSLFT, Dan Pentland. How are you, Dan? Yeah, good, thanks, Annie. You? Good, thank you. First of all, what were your thoughts on the World Cup? Great tournament. Uh Obviously, I think the underdogs probably took the headlines with the way that they performed in some of them in the group stages, which was really good. Um, it kind of showed you that, you know, if a team comes up with a game plan and, you know, everybody's on the same page, that it can really kind of cause an upset, put a cat amongst the pigeons, which was great. Um, England performed probably better than we all expected. I don't think many people thought that they would get as far as the final. I, I certainly thought that, you know, last 16 quarterfinals would be pretty good given the injuries to key players that we had as well so yeah it was it was a really really good tournament you know excitement you know left right and centre really and as I say you know pretty successful for England even though we didn't win the trophy. And obviously there's been a lot of backlash after the World Cup now what are your thoughts on everything that's going on with the Spanish Federation? It makes as a male in you know reporting in the game it makes me feel uncomfortable because you know obviously it's not just the fact that you know, this bloke's representing, you know, the, the Spanish FA in a bad way. He's, he's kind of representing the male population in a bad way as well. So, you know, there's a lot of good male people in the women's game who are wanting to push, you know, for the very best for the girls that are playing in there. Um, So, yeah, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I think the bloke, you know, I wish the bloke would just go rather than dragging his heels at every opportunity and, you know, throwing the mud at everybody else but himself when he's obviously committed what he's committed. So, you know, it's 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 not good. As I say, it makes me, as, as a male journalist, feel really, really, really uncomfortable, you know, about the whole situation. And, yes, somebody just needs to grow a backbone and, you know, sort it out and, you know, fully support the players in this. Yeah, thanks for that, Dan. As we mentioned, the championship is back. Quite low scoring affairs, wasn't it? Apart from one game on the South Coast. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be fascinating this season. It really is. Um, you know, it, it feels like it might be kind of, I don't know, maybe a top six or seven and a, a you know, a bottom five or six in the league. But um, you know, it was fine margins at the weekend, which was really exciting if you're watching all the action. You know, only the one game won by a, a margin by more than one. I think what was the four draws, something like that. Um so yeah, it was really, really exciting. I think there were teams who picked up points that you maybe didn't expect to, teams who dropped points that you maybe thought might have won games. Um, you know, and you saw a lot of healthy competition, which is really, really good for the the competition, um, you know, and the rest of the season. Obviously, the two teams new to the division, Watford and Reading, Watford were promoted up after winning the National League playoff and Reading relegated from the WSL. How did you think that they both fared? Yeah, Reading, it felt like they were quite on top against Palace. Um, I mean, if you look at their their team, they've obviously they've got some full-time players left from last year and some part-time from this year. So that might make it a little bit tricky going forward. But, you know, it still felt like a little bit of a Super League team on the pitch. Um, and, you know, they, they certainly had lots of chances against Palace. Um, scored the goal and looked like they were going to win the game. But then, obviously, a late sucker punch, you know, from the home side and it ended up 1-1. So, 
you know, I, I think Reading could have a good year. I think that they, they have to have a good year because, you know, they'll have full-time players out of contract next summer, which will make things a little bit more tricky for them if they don't go straight back up. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, they've got a point on the board. You know, unfortunately, they didn't get three for them. But, um, yeah, it was a step in the right direction. Um, Watford, at the other end, obviously come back in the league after a season absence. Um, I think they've signed something like 12, you know, 11, 12 players. So quite a quite a, a summer of change for them. But, you know, they came up against a really, really tough, well-drilled, settled Durham side at Wheelstone. And, you know, they, they went a goal down very early on. But, you know, they, they battled back really well and, and got a point. So, you know, what Watford, I know they struggled last time very early on when they were in the league. But, you know, to get a point on opening day, they've, they've got something to build on now. And, you know, by all means, I think they thought that they they were the better side against Durham as well. So, you know, lot lots of hope for them going forward. What else caught your eye over the weekend? Well, I was at Charlton and Sheffield United, um, two teams who you know could have good seasons. Charlton, I think this is their third year now, um, of being a full time team, and you know they're still targeting the Super League. Sheffield United and Jonathan Morgan, you know, he's brought in a lot of players. They're moving into a full time model now. You know, it's really, really exciting there. Um, I thought Charlton played well at the at the Valley in front of a decent crowd, um, got the goal. Um, but it, you always felt in that game that there was a sting in the tail. Sheffield United, you know, were capable of doing something on the counter-attack and, you know, set pieces in particular corners were very, very dangerous, delivered almost pinpoint to where they needed to go throughout the game. Um, and, you know, they got the goal and it was an absolute cracker from, from Bex Reina, you know, 25, 30 yards out. Um, you know, and they got they fully deserve that point there, and um, you know that they've got some some winnable games coming up, so I think they're going to do quite well. But yeah, Charlton Sheffield United was a real kind of clash of the titans, and yeah, great game. Um, elsewhere in the league, obviously Southampton caught the eye at Lewis. You know that they're another side on paper. They've got an incredibly strong team, and you know they justified that at the weekend and put down a very very early marker. Um, and you know a little word for Blackburn as well. You know, nobody expected Birmingham to go to Ewood Park and get beat, but you know they they did really really well. Blackburn, as they have done at Ewood actually in the last few years, um. So yeah, credit to them. You know they they performed as the underdog. You know, bright young coach there under Simon Parker, um. And yeah, they they got the three points, which was probably the shock result of the weekend. The championship's definitely thriving now on the back of the success of the Lionesses, just like it did on the back of the Euros last year, especially in terms of quality and attendance. For example, you just mentioned Blackburn Rovers, and I was actually at the game at the weekend, and I think it was 1,224 was like the record they'd had at a Blackburn Rovers women's game, which was amazing. Do you think this is only going to grow? Absolutely. The product's there, but my problem is the spotlight on the championship that, you know, that the crowds are still relatively small. The coverage is still relatively small. I think at Charlton, there was only a couple of us in the press box, which, you know, compared to the Super League, it's tiny. Um, yeah. You know, and other than the FA player, there's not really any games broadcast neither, um, you know, on live kind of free-to-air TV. Um, so I kind of feel like we've got this fantastic product there, but there's not enough people shouting from the rooftops about it. Um, so it only can grow, but we really need a movement behind it to start to really push the quality of the league because, you know, the players deserve it. They deserve more investment. You know, there's there's some players in the championship this year over the summer who've given up careers for full-time jobs elsewhere. So, 
you know, it's such a great product. Let's not lose it. Let's grow it and grow it and get that investment in there and, you know, make it go from strength to strength. But, um, you know, it, it certainly needs more power, um, you know, to push it forward where it should be. As a male journalist working in the sector, how do you think that that can happen? It's it's tricky, um, and it's it's a conversation I'm going to have with the FA this season about how you know how how we can get more journalists involved. It, it's difficult because kind of national outlets obviously want to know about the big clubs. That's how they sell their their media. Um, but yeah, it, it's a conversation I'm going to try and drive forward with the FA this year. Um, but I'd love to see a game put on the BBC red button if if contractually you could do that going forward, you know, one a month or two a month and start moving things that way. Um, obviously, Sky, you've got the highlight show now, which is great. If we can start pushing that more, that would be great. You know, I think that's on half an hour a week or something like that. Um, and, you know, it, it just needs dedicated people to the league, I think. Um, you know, more channels opening up, you know, maybe the press offices as well, kind of opening up more to the media. And I know that's still a problem in the Super League where, you know, things like press releases, they're pretty inconsistent from clubs. You know, some clubs are really good, some are not so good. Um, so, yeah, I think the whole thing needs looking at. But, you know, it feels like we almost want to set out a standard of, you know, what we want from the league and then kind of build on that in terms of where we want to go. The National League kicked off last week. We've had one round of league games and last weekend was League Cup. What has caught your eye over the last couple of weeks in terms of the National League? I think in the North, I think um, Nottingham Forest have recruited really well over the summer. Um, Obviously, they lost that championship playoff to Watford in May, which was obviously heartbreaking for them. But, you know, credit to them. They've got back into it over the summer. They've recruited well. Um, you know, and I think they'll go strong this year. So that that that's one thing in the north. Um, you've got Newcastle in there as well this year. Um, I don't think they played a, a league game last week, but you know they've got a good result this weekend against Burnley in the cup. Um, so all eyes on them. Um, and then I mean, last year the Southern League was really really competitive. I think you had three or four teams going for the title. Um, again, you know the likes of Ipswich, Oxford. I'm sure will be up there. Um, and the new club, Rugby Borough, seems to have caught the eye a little bit. Um, Lee Birch has kept a few of his players there. I did some more youngsters. Um, and I think they've won their, their both both of their League and Cup games pretty emphatically so far. So, you know, that their, their new project is is really underway. So, yeah, lots lots of excitement in the National League. And let's see how the next few weeks develop. Quite refreshingly as well, now the promotion places are decided by league winners from the North and the South. What is your opinion on that? It absolutely needed to happen. I mean, this championship playoff thing was, you know, outrageous. You'd have, you know, two leagues that have really competitive seasons. A team would win a title by a couple of points and then they might not get promoted at the end of it because they're having to play the other title winner in the other league, which is absolutely crazy. There's, you know, if you had that in the English men's leagues, you know, it, it wouldn't be heard of. So, you know, it's got to be good enough for the women as well, two up, two down. Um, but I know I keep banging the drum for it, but the championship needs the same as well. You know, we've got two down now, but how about two up? You know, you've got a league where probably six teams can probably fight for the title and only one team is going into the WSL. It's it's absolutely bonkers. Um, I know that the Super League won't want two down, but for, for obvious reasons, they won't want to drop into the championship. But there has to be some kind of compromise going forward. Um, so you could have two automatic or, you know, the, my favourite would be 
favoured option would probably be one up and one playoff. And, you know, you could go second to fifth in the championship play for that second promotion slot. Or, you know, if the Super League didn't want two relegation places, maybe you have, I don't know, 11th in the Super League plays against, you know, the 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 championship playoff winner or something like that to kind of save their status. But yeah, happy that the National League now have the, the, the quite, quite rightly two promotion spots. Um, but yeah, I do feel that, and as I say, I'll keep on banging the drum. The cha- the top of the championship needs to be changed for the good of the competition, and you know, for the good of the clubs as well. Yeah, well, thank you so much for everything, Dan. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast via all good podcasting platforms, and give us a follow on Twitter at twfp1, and on Instagram, it's the Women's Football Podcast. Thanks, everybody. The Women's Football Podcast, in partnership with Her Game 2.